City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. It's a dangerous ball, it's a looping header, and it's a goal against the run of play for Birmingham City. Abby Grant. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome everyone to the Great 68 podcast, the dedicated week of women's football show about all things Birmingham City. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined this week by Chris Pugh, Kaz Smith and Stacey Smith. First of all, Chris, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. How about you, Kaz? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Just finishing work, done for two days. Good, good. And you, Stacey, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Craig. We begin this week's show by looking back at our midweek 1-0 win over Blackburn Rovers in the Conti Cup. The game took place on Wednesday evening with everyone expecting changes and Carl Ward did just that. The first change of note was, of course, our new goalkeeper, Daniela Konskinska, who joins the club from Stoke City on a dual contract basis. As far as I understand it, she can play for both clubs, will train with us and be available when needed. It kind of came out the blue, Stacey, but what did you make of the signing? First, I saw if it was on the team sheet. To be fair, we needed backup. Obviously, again, after today's game, she wasn't on the bench for us today. Stoke were playing today with against West Brom, I think, so I'm assuming she was playing for them. I don't know much about her, to be fair. Um, I know, obviously, she was down the road last season and they rated her highly. I didn't see much of her, obviously, or anything like that, but from what I've heard of her, she's an all right for a, quite a young keeper, though, but yeah. A clean sheet on your debut isn't a bad way to introduce yourself to the new fans, that's for sure. Another positive sign was Heidi Logan finally making the bench after a long time out of injury. She was on the edge of making a breakthrough into the first team when the injury happened, so it's nice to see her included once again. As for the game itself, we were all eyes on Twitter, as the Conti Cup game was not streamed live, but we would get the highlights the following day. I believe it was around 5pm when it finally dropped. Over the bar kind of summed the, most of the game up, Chris, shot after shot, but they were lacking the composure to keep it down. The thing is, when, you, when, when you're up against someone like Blackburn, I think the the modus operandi, if you like, the you know, the ethos of the whole game is to be a, a bit more front foot than than we would in in any game this season. The onus is on us to to pick up the result um, and and to play the attacking football as as the higher league club. So work on on shooting, uh, maybe in training needs to be up to a little bit. But um, it was it was the result that counted, and it, it gave. I think the the big point is it gave. Um, a few players the opportunity to get a few minutes under their belts. Absolutely. We dominated the ball and all the stats that mattered, but fans would have to wait until the 82nd minute for the breakthrough. A ball over the top, the defender looked to stops Claudia Walker, who is caught. She recovers well and fires a powerful shot past Alex Brooks in the Blackburn goal. It's another example, Kaz, of the determination and strength that Claudia possesses. Definitely. Like, I think I've been banging on for the last season to certain people about how like just give Claudia the time and she'll come good. Again, she's that's a second goal now. Well, it was on Wednesday anyway. Uh, so it looks like Carla's getting the best out of her in all honesty. Absolutely. It was an important win, Stacey, our first clean sheet of the season and will have given the defence and keeper a lot of confidence going into this weekend. Of course, indeed, like, um We all have said that for us, the Conti Cup's not really the competition that we're all looking forward, but it was a great opportunity to 
get some minutes under the belts for certain players who might have needed it. Um, and it's a great confidence boost. Like, as you said, Claudia scored against Blackburn. And from watching today, I think it gave her the confidence and that's probably why she went on to score again today. Let's move on to the Reading game then. And it took place earlier today at the time of recording and finished 1-0 to Birmingham City. Claudia Walker was on the score sheet again for the second game running. What did you make of this game, Chris? Whenever you play Reading, when, you know, our fixtures against Reading, uh, you know, have, over the years have been uh, uh, pretty much scripted all the way. Um, that it's going to be tough. There's not going to be a lot of goals in it, uh, and we're going to need to dig in and and fight and battle to pick up results. Recently, we we have struggled to do that against Reading and and lost the battle, if you like. But um, you know, today was it felt like it was it was back to the back to the old days where you know you, you knew what you know what you're getting into against Reading. So it's it's a case of uh, of digging in deep, defending well. And if you get a chance, then you you take it. And and thankfully, Claudia did that in, in the second half. And the, the, the resolute way that we're defending, um, the ter- determined way we're defending to, you know, to be absolutely certain that it's going to take something special to get through us. And again, every, every player out there did did unbelievably well to... To, to be a, a good Reading side, they're still a good side. They've, they've changed a bit uh, personnel-wise, but you know they're still a good side. And and to go to the Madeski and win was is a terrific result. There wasn't many chances in the opening forty-five minutes. Jess Fishlock was given the space to shoot from distance, where Hannah Hampton did well to turn it over the bar. The second half was a bit more livelier. Reading had a decent penalty shout, I thought, not given, and then a shot was cleared off the line. Chris, what did you make of those two instances? Yeah, um, when you when you play a side like Reading, you know that they're going to have chances, and you know that you are going to have to defend difficult moments, um, clear balls off the line, throw your bodies in the line of shots. Hannah's going to have to make saves, like you say, from from Fishlock's effort throughout the whole game. You know you're going to have to defend. You know you're going to have Reading are going to have spells where you don't have a lot of the ball, and you're going to you're just going to have to defend. And, and they did that from from, from minute one. Reading, Reading obviously. I thought they started pretty well and, and and got control of the game pretty early on. So it was, it felt like that we were set up. That was our game plan the whole way through, and 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 that was what we were going to do. About a minute after the ball was cleared off our line, we went straight up the other end against the run of play, and we struck and took the lead. Sarah Mailing down the right hand side flew past Diana Cooper and slotted the ball across to Claudia Walker, who fired it in past Grace Maloney. That's two goals in two matches. Kaz, she's really showing what she can do with the right manager behind her. Oh, definitely. Um, I think Claudia's play full stop has like improved, like a whole and all. It's like Claudia's like on a mission to like try and conjure up something for the team she's been like superb the last couple of games and hopefully it'll continue on to Bristol absolutely and I think she's only missed about 60 minutes of the whole season so far I think that was against Blackburn she came on in the last half an hour to make the difference um I just don't know how she's still standing really she's got the energy the energy to play so many minutes and still be running until the 90th minute today was really impressive from her when you've got someone like that so you know when when Carla knows that she can rely on Claudia to go from minute one to minute ninety, you know, to give everything she has and to run herself into the ground, then it's you know it's the perfect foil up front. Chase try and make their defenders make some mistakes. It allows us to have you know ten players behind the ball predominantly, and 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 if we do get the ball, let's see if Claudia can make something happen up front. It's it's the perfect foil for the system we want to play. 
that's pretty much how the goal happened today, weren't it? It was yeah. pressing from Claudia, who was then supported by Sarah pressing, yeah. and then managed to get the ball, managed to get the run on her, and Claudia straight away was straight in the box. It was, it it's was great. Claudia's run forward that forces the error from Cooper, the bad touch from yeah. Cooper, isn't it? Like you're saying, yeah. Uh, but it does need then someone like Sarah to 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 capitalise on that mistake, and if you if we can get that side of the game going a bit more. Where, where the likes of Sarah or Jamie Lee or uh, Abby Grant, if she's playing up top, or Emma Kelly, you know, if, if those forward players who are supporting Claudia can get forward and and capitalise on any mistakes that Claudia is forcing out the defenders, then it's going to allow us to to get chances like we did. Yeah, absolutely. And we've still got Abby Grant to come back to full fitness and you've got Emma Kelly, hopefully will be back d- depending on how bad the injury was against Blackburn. I forgot to mention that. She went off early in that game, so we wish Emma the best. Uh, after that game um, Boyd by the goal though Blues held out well and secured our first three points of the season what a big week it's been Stacey for everyone involved how important was this for us to continue our momentum from the Blackburn game into this game oh, it was huge it was massive uh, I mean it was what fifth game in 14 days to go to Reading today and not only get a result but get the win get them first three points on the board that's it it's going to do nothing but wonders for the girls' confidence. And it's it's proved how far we've come in such a short period of time. I know the club are claiming three wins out of five, but I'm saying it's two wins, a draw and two losses. But still, when we sat down and looked at the future list as fans, I think we probably would have gone, oh, fiddlesticks, this is going to be a tough running. And um, I'm, I'm literally, I'm so overjoyed with how we've progressed and... I think now it gives us the springboard to go on and look to next weekend's game, which I think when we was all looking at the fixtures coming up, we all thought was the must win. And now I think it's kind of less pressure now, maybe. Yeah, I think it's just about keeping keeping the momentum going. And I think it's hard to point out any standout performance today just because much like the Chelsea performance, everyone was putting in a shift and it it feels like a, a bit of a well-oiled machine now. Are you surprised, Chris, how quickly Carl has turned it around since since the summer? Um, yes, it, it, you know, in a sense, but I suppose if I say that, it's, you know, disrespecting slightly Carla and, and the players and, you know, because I know that when, if things click, these are these are a group of players and Carla is a manager that can get her ideas across very, very quickly. And I think I tweeted something, followers of, of the men's team, you know, with, with Aitor Karanka coming in over the summer and making a change, you know, that, they were determined to be more resolute, harder to beat, and that's exactly what Carla's come in and done. And she wants she wants to to change the atmosphere around the club, but you know she, she wants to make us hard to beat. She wants to make us fight for every challenge, and um, you know not give away silly goals and things like that. And actually, when when you've got a, a team that were so down in the dumps last season, and Carla comes in this year and really makes her mark and stamps her authority. You know, those, those players will have been absolutely buzzing to play for someone like Carla and to revitalise their game, if you like. It shows how, how quickly things can change, that if you get the right person in charge with the right ideas, put belief in the players, but, but also to implement the ideas from the manager, then then it can work wonders. And, you know, I'm not saying we, we're going to uh, we're going to be finishing the Champions League spots, but like I said earlier, dreading fixtures like Reading away, like like Stacey said, dreading fixtures like Chelsea at home and Reading away, how many goals are they going to put past us? But it doesn't feel like it's that Blues anymore. It feels like it's a, a Blues of old, which is fantastic to see. 
The win moves Birmingham City up to eighth in the table, just three points from the top half of the table. That's all for part one. Coming up in part two, we preview our upcoming game with Bristol City. Welcome back to Great Sin 68. I am here with Stacey, Kaz and Chris. We will now look ahead to next weekend's big game against Bristol City. The Vixens picked up their first win since February this past week with a 4-0 win over London Bees. A Georgia Roberts own goal opened the scoring after 10 minutes with Chloe Legazzo adding a second just moments later. Bristol completed the win late on with goals from Ebony Salmon and Charlie Wellings. There's been a lot of talk this week about the Conti Cup, Stacey, that it should be done away with. But what do you think? Is it actually a good thing to give teams a chance to take their minds off the league for a bit? I don't tweet very often, as people might have seen. But I think I was one of those people that actually tweeted that I think, especially this season, with finishing off the FA Cup from last year, I think it's a bit too congested. I feel like they've tried to squeeze the Conti Cup in. We've already had games postponed due to coronavirus. They're going to be after slotted in somewhere. We knew it was going to be like this. We knew we was going to have games postponed. We have games postponed every year around this time anyway. We haven't even got to the bad weather yet. But if the competition was deemed worthy enough to be played in such a congested period after girls haven't played football for nearly a year, why the hell can't we see it? Why is the FA not putting any money, not even the money, just the effort? If What have we got away? 24 hours for the highlights like if the it just it's baffled me but no I firmly believe that the Conti Cup should not have been played this season there's not a lot I agree with Emma Hayes on but she's right I've said it before I agree with Stacey just scrap it scrap the whole thing it's a competition that allows the big clubs to play a couple of their second string players against London Bees and win 8-0 still the championship clubs after their players have to leave work. At, you know, they can start work at four o'clock in the morning and have to play a game at six o'clock in the night away at Arsenal or Man City. It's 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 chaos the, the whole way. Every single season we look at the group standings and go, how have you how have you managed to pick them out? And and ultimately the final will be Chelsea, Man City or or Arsenal lifting the trophy. So I'm not convinced by it. The FA don't give it the respect by not showing it, by not broadcasting it anywhere. Fans don't give it the respect. The crowds are, are way down on Continental Cup games unless it's a local derby. I've never really been taken by the Continental Cup, even though we've got to the final like three times. Not for me. It's been eight months since the day Bristol came to town and beat us 1-0. A defeat that spelled the end of Marta Tejador's reign as Blues boss. Ebony Salmon coming off the bench to break our hearts and score the winner late on. I was utterly dejected after that bad game, Chris. Probably the lowest I felt in the long time as a Blues fan. What can you remember from that day? Yeah, I remember Kaz leaving, giving Marta pelters, which really which, getting banned from the moors. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, which which probably <laughs> might might well have had a hand in people going, oh, maybe we shouldn't, uh, maybe we should think twice about this gaffer. But yeah, it was such a low point. It felt like you know. When you look back on on eras and periods at football clubs, that felt like that was it. There was no coming back from that. The players were just so utterly dejected. The fans were bored and dejected. The manager was making ludicrous substitutions. And a Bristol side that were were dreadful at the time came and kept a clean sheet against us. And, you know, a match which you, there was no way we could possibly lose. We were, we were in and lost. So it was, it was, it was so bad. 
but ultimately sometimes you need to go through those moments to have to have the moments we hope we can have this season and if we can start by by turning them over and getting our own back on on Sunday fantastic Nine of the players that played that day are still in the current squad and you can bet they'll be looking to avenge that defeat, as Chris says, this time around. It'll be the first time the team have took the trip to Bristol's new home ground, Twerton Park, home of Bath Football Club. Do you think that could make a difference, Kaz, playing in unfamiliar surroundings? Yeah, I don't get some teams. Redden today didn't look how the old Redden would look. Like, the pitch looked too big for them. Aston Villa at their new ground, the pitch is too big for them. I don't understand why people want to change the pitches because they're just going to get found out. And I think Bristol's had a couple of hammerings lately. So if the girls can work down the wing, I think we could do them. I, I, I just don't understand the move. Compared to where they were, it was a nice compact little ground and they used to seem to do all right on that. And now it just seems like the pitch is too big for them. It's like when we play at St Andrews, the pitch is too big for us. I think in the case of Bristol, I think it's because they need a certain amount of seats to fit the regulations now, I think, due to the like COVID restrictions. I think that's the case, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I don't understand why they've gone to Baffa if it's so far away from Bristol itself. I know we're not going to have crowds there for what looks like it's going to be the foreseeable, but I think it's going to be a huge loss for Bristol because the fan base that they had week in, week out, that are predominantly in Bristol, where they were playing it, so easily located with buses and things like that. They're going to lose a certain amount of support whenever the football allows supporters back in, just by it being an extra half hour, 50 minutes down the road, depending about where about in Bristol you live. Yeah. And then if you go get on the M5 as well, like you're, it's even worse, like, you know what I mean? So You had that with Yeovil at one stage, didn't they? Yeovil played... Yeah. Uh, a million miles away from their, from their ground. I think it was Weymouth, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, somewhat, something like that. But um, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. Obviously, the, the prestige of playing for Reading at the Medeski or for Blues at, at St Andrews, but for to go to Bath, like you say, it's it's not the most. It, it, you know, it's not a connection with with Bristol City women. You know, they've, they've obviously played at at the uh, at Stoke Gifford for for a few years now, but regulations state that they they can't anymore but Bristol rugby club player Ashton Gazer maybe that you know the women playing there would be one step too far as as far as the groundsman's concerned it'll be an interesting one but as we've said already that you know we we turned Reading over in in their in their new ground so let's let's say we can go and do exactly the same again against Bristol Absolutely. And just as a bit of an aside today, um, I was fooled that I thought fans were actually in the stadium at Reading because I saw the, the cardboard cutouts in the stand. For one moment, I looked and went, there's people. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. Was, but yeah. <laughs> uh, the Vixens have brought in Ella Mastrantonio from Australian side Western Sydney Wanderers. Try and say that two times fast. Amy Palmer from Manchester United. Megan Wynn from Spurs. Gemma Perfield from Liverpool. Laura Rafferty on loan and Emma Blissell. Out of those signings, Stacey, who jumps out at you? Raff all day long. It was one of the moves that surprised me the most out of the whole of the transfer window, if I'm quite honest. Um, I thought she was fantastic at Brighton. I'm surprised Hope let her go for Bristol. Her experience for them is is massive. So, yeah, I, th- I think on, from a P- Bristol perspective, it's a massive sign. It was a massive signing for them and no disrespect to the other girls, but Raff's a established player in 
the league. So, yeah, I think out of all of them, she definitely stood out for me. We've spoken in the past about the depth of English keepers in the WSL, and Bristol's keeper is no exception. Former Blues player Sophie Bagley is superb, as we know, and she's only 23 years old. What does having someone like Sophie in the team, Chris, do for Bristol? I think it gives them confidence that they can they can play a bit freer and, you know, they know they're not one of the bigger sides. So, they'll, obviously, they'll they'll give chances up to teams, but, you know, they've got someone someone in goal who's who's a good shot stopper. Um, normally, she plays very well against us last season. Abby Grant, who scored the second one, which Sophie really, really should have done better with. So, I'm expecting a, a good performance from Sophie because I know what a good goalkeeper she is. But if there are any... Uh, skeletons lurking in the closet then hopefully they turn up this weekend Kaz looking forward to the game what do you expect will it be tight do you think I think it all depends like Bristol haven't had a game this weekend obviously with what's going on at Aston Villa and it all depends how good our recovery is this week like I'm really hoping it's going to be a good game better than the last game obviously at the Moors I think we can do them if the right team turns up my head's saying one thing my heart's telling me another it's like it's a it's a big game. Like it's going to be a huge game. I think it was Chris that said something earlier about if we beat them, then there's going to be a big gap between us and that lot over the river. Yeah, it's it's not even them. I I was looking earlier, and outside the top five, I think we're only Tottenham have conceded less than us, and only Reading have scored more than us so far. Yeah. So beforehand, I would have been definitely going. This is a definite must win. I'm now going into it, going well. Don't lose it. Don't lose Just don't it. lose yeah. it. Yeah, we're, we're still looking at the teams around us. Like we said at the start of the season, it does feel like a team of two leagues. It's sort of at the top five where, let's be fair, we're not looking at getting into top five. I still think we're, we're one of the best in form at the moment. So I think, um, yeah, I think knowing that, knowing how many Bristol have conceded recently, knowing that we're on a bit of a run here I don't think I don't think fatigue will come into it I think the goals are have proven over the last couple of weeks they're more than resilient enough to go out there and give the all even when they might be blowing a little bit after a win like that it's your your adrenaline takes you doesn't it you know they'll you know they'll be absolutely absolutely bouncing all the way through training this week and they won't won't be able to wait until Sunday to to play Bristol and I think like you say we've got Bristol next weekend you know I think it's West Ham at home and then them across the road away, you know. So in in terms of that run of four fixtures, including the Reading game today, that really was make or break. You know, if, if we'd have lost all those games, you know, we're dropping points against teams around us, and and you really are looking going where where's the points coming from? But to pick up a win today, you know, at any point today would have been would have been exceptional. But to pick up a win, brilliant, buzzing with confidence. Now that now the challenge is that there's a bit of expectation going onto onto Sunday that you know Carla's maintained all the way through that we're going to be the underdogs in every single game and our aim is to not be the the whipping girls of the league if you like and any sort of survival will be a, will be success but I think inwardly now knowing how they've played how the girls have played over the last three or four games from the Brighton Cup game onwards. I think they'll be looking at these three games now. As silly as it sounds, we could all but secure survival by by the yeah. end of that Villa game. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. we pick up Literally. if we pick up seven to nine points out of these next three games, that's ten to twelve points 
after the B6 game. Can you see yep. Bristol or them across the road picking up 12 points all season? I don't think I can. West Ham, like, have been the big surprise to me. Even even Tottenham, like, with the players that were brought in. What What's changed so dramatically? Like, we're above West Ham. We're above Tottenham. Oh, we're above Tottenham as well? Okay, so we're above the two teams that have had a better transfer window than us and they've got bigger household names. Well, what's been deemed as a bigger transfer window, let's be fair. That's the They've got yeah. T Drinker sitting on the bench. Um, Chris's favourite uh, person. She, being... uh, has she signed? Has she signed for Spurs, actually? I didn't know that. That's, that's amazing. That's absolutely remarkable. Well, I, don't know how that any... I don't know how that slipped through the net. Prediction time. It's that time again, our weekly score predictions. We will start by looking back at how we did last week, starting with the Blackburn game. We all predicted a win for Birmingham City, so that's a point all round there. Kaz also guessed correctly that Claudia Walker would score, so that's a bonus point for her. The second in our double header of predictions was the, uh, was the Reading game. No one guessed the correct scorer, Claudia Walker, but I guessed correctly that it would be a 1-0 win to Birmingham City. So that's two points for me there. Let's see how that leaves the standings. So in joint third place is Chris and Stacey with four points each. Then in second, it's me with six points. And still in first place, we have Kaz with seven points. How many points? Seven. And how many Stacey Four. <laughs> Don't get too cocky yet, love. There's a long way to go yet. It's a long old season ahead. There's, there's a clip of a Liverpool fan, I think, the other day. He was he was laughing his head off at the, the Man United score being 6-1. And then, then you just see him watching the highlights for the Liverpool game. He's just got his head in his hands. 7-2 seven, seven last. So. And if it can happen, Casby, you are top at the moment. So with everyone caught up, let's get into this week's predictions for the game away at Bristol City. Kaz, as you're top, you kick it off. 2-0, Birmingham. Claudia Walker. Chris, how about you? I'll be optimistic. I'll say we'll have another another one nil away win, and the goal will come from Christy Murray. And you, Stacey? I'm going to go with a one nil win, but I'm going to go with Claudia as well. Okay, so that's two nil from Kaz with Claudia scoring. Chris has gone for one nil with Christy Murray scoring. Stacey's gone with one nil with Claudia Walker scoring as well. And I'm going to go for two one to Birmingham City. I haven't actually put a scorer down in my predictions. So that's I'm going to have to pick one up. So uh, I'm going to go with Molly Green. You've been listening to the Greats in 68 podcast. And from all of us, thanks for listening. And remember to keep right on.